welcome back to Exposure. I'm Sophia Mayron. So before we get started, a couple of big headlines about the Me Too New Zealand movement over the week. A month or so ago, legal researcher Zoe Lawton opened a blog for men and women throughout the legal profession to submit and share their stories of sexual harassment at work. On Monday, Zoe closed the blog and handed it over to the Law Society. There are 214 posts on there. It will be really interesting to see what the Law Society will do with these stories that the blog gathered. This week, Ali Moore and Stuff invite anyone who wants to stand against sexual harassment at work to dress entirely in black on Friday and share photos with the hashtag Black Friday and MeTooNZ. You can get on board with that through Facebook or Twitter or by clicking the links in the post of this episode. So this week on Exposure, I had the great pleasure of speaking to Colin Peacock, who's been making Radio New Zealand's Media Watch program for just over 10 years. I wanted to know what he thought of hashtag MeTooNZ the reactions to it, and where we might have seen this sort of thing before. So we're here to talk about the Me Too New Zealand investigation. Nearly a month ago, a month and a bit now, the Alison Moore and Stuff announced that their investigation was launching and they started calling for stories. Responses to it came like pretty hard and fast. Uh, and there were a lot of commentators suggesting that this is little more than what they were calling a witch hunt, um, an excuse to chase men in power. Uh, what did you think about that reaction? Well, for one thing, as you mentioned, some time has gone by since it's launched, nothing's come out yet. And I think that's a good thing because, as Alison, I think, pointed out uh, in an earlier episode of your podcast, um, you know, this takes time. This is why it's not just a, a name-calling service. It's not just, you know, a blog or something to be you know, shared and, and names to be thrown around. Uh, it is being investigated properly. Um, well, I, I assume so. I don't know how things are going. But that's the point. You tie it up with a news organisation like Stuff, which has dedicated investigative reporters in an investigative unit, and, and then someone at the helm of it, like Alison, um, who, as she said, says, look, this is going to have journalism in it. This isn't just about, you know, calling names. Um, so I think it's a good thing. Uh, so far that, that we that we haven't seen anything. That was the suspicion amongst some of the critics who felt that this was just an open opportunity for some people to um, exploit grievances or um, or basically take advantage of that process to maybe throw out a name there, make life uncomfortable for someone you know they didn't like, um, regardless of what their conduct had actually been. But you know the fact that we haven't seen that, I, th- I think, is a good thing. In particular, one of the reactions that was published about this witch hunt idea was Al Nisbet's cartoon in the Dom. Uh, he had four witches, like these stereotypical medieval witches on broomsticks. They had these words on their backs, rumour, hearsay, gossip and innuendo, saying, I'm going on a witch hunt after men. Uh, did you think that that was a fair or interesting thing to add to the conversation? Um, I don't know about fairness. I mean, fairness doesn't really come into it when it's a personal comment like that. You know, uh, I mean, strictly speaking, if you look at, say, the, you know, the, the standards that are applied when it comes to formal complaints and so on, no individual was called out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a comment on what Alison is, is doing and the whole Me Too NZ movement, I guess. Um, so no, I don't regard it as unfair. I mean, funny that hearsay was actually misspelled, I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some of the criticism, I think, to that, I suppose with the witch hunt premise, I mean, some people said, interpreted that a little bit literally, saying, you know, you do know that the victims of witch hunts are women, right? This kind of doesn't make sense. But that's not what he's saying. What he was saying, I think, was channeling 
the criticisms that you mentioned earlier, that this was a forum, an opportunity that Alison and stuff had opened up for people who didn't like the behaviour of certain men in positions of power, whether they'd done anything illegal or unethical or not, and that this was an avenue for grievances against them and that this was somehow unfair. But like I say, if the appropriate bar is applied, whatever comes in, it's so much better than either people who've been had a complaint that hasn't been dealt with properly and can then go to Alice and have it looked at again, or people who've never come forward and felt they wouldn't want to go to authorities or to the police and might want to test their own experience, their own concerns in another way by putting it in front of Alison and a team of journalists. You know, I don't see that as a witch hunt. So this concept then, is it something that we've seen before in New Zealand of a media organisation going out uh, very publicly to say, this is what we're looking at at the moment, this is the investigation that's happening in the back in the back room of the newsroom uh, and we'll be ready with, it, with the publication soon. Uh, and the public's just gone, ah, no, don't love it, stop. Well... In a way, uh, not in a not in a, a a kind of defined hashtag campaign type of way. I think this probably is a first to have gone out in this way and solicited uh, input from people, and that people have reacted too badly. But there's absolutely nothing new about journalists or even people with a profile like Alison um, putting forward an issue and saying, you know, we want your feedback on this. I mean, the media have got behind fundraising campaigns, charity campaigns, and you know, this is different in that some people could get in serious trouble depending on what they uncover. So it could have ramifications that are completely different. Um, but look, no one will be prosecuted, no one will lose their job or be exposed uh, unfairly if, if this is all done by the book and the indications are that it, that it will be. I mean, in terms of other things, it's not quite the same, but when you had, for example, dirty politics before the 2014 election and all the arguments about that, whether that was partisan, whether you know some people felt... Nikki Hager and his supporters were trying to, you know, bring down the government. This wasn't really an exercise in the truth. It was a, it was an exercise in politics. Um, so people have those sorts of responses too. But then again, look at it: the publication of the book and others that Nikki Hager has produced, um, the hit and run book along with John Stevenson too. That could be at the basis of a, a government inquiry very shortly. We're going to find out about that. He's not been sued. Um, his books are very thorough. Um, there's indexes full of references and supporting information. So if it's true, and if the work is done, if it's supported, um, then it's not a problem. And yeah, the public can get queasy about it. But, you know, this is just different forms of journalism. Why do you think that is? Where does that queasiness come from? Well, where people think that the motivation is not um, in terms of, you know, purely seeking the truth. I mean, this is where people think it's campaigning, for example, that the journalists are choosing their own topics, uh, their own areas of interest. And Alison's quite upfront about this. For her, she says it's something she has seen throughout her career, both in Australia and New Zealand. Um, she worked alongside Tracy Spicer, you know, so I'm sure this has a lot to do with it. Um, so I think that's what it is, where people think the motives are not pure. It's not like your chief reporter has said, this week we're investigating issue X and it could be something you have no connection with whatsoever and you do the work because that's the story the reporter has told you. People are nervous about this, I think, because they see it's a journalist with motivation who wants to pursue something that uh, is of interest to her and as part of her own experience. Um, that's, that's why people feel 
that somehow the motivation could override, you know, the uh, the dispassionate nature of what journalism should be, just weighing and sifting the truth. But like I say, this is where this campaign, and Alison's been at pains to point this out, is backstopped with real journalism, real investigation. And in terms then of the coverage around the investigation uh, from other outlets, from radio and media, uh, sorry, radio and TV and things, um, do you think that plays in at all to this idea of a witch hunt? Does that either back up or negate the, the concept? Well, possibly because it amplifies it. And so that may give some people the impression, like, for example, El Nisbet and whatever it was that prompted him to do that cartoon. He was kind of channeling the feelings of people who think, oh, well, even if I don't read the Sunday Star Times, where Ali Moore um, is, you know, w- w- launched that campaign and, and has written about it since then, um, you know, I'm reading about it at rnz.co.nz or in the Herald or whatever and hearing about it on the radio. So, yeah, it has an amplification effect. So they think that maybe this is something the media is is, is somehow getting behind, uh, that the media is maybe picking and choosing its issues to campaign on. Um, And this may feed into other things as well, like, for example, the Russell McVeigh and, well, it's wider than that now, isn't it, the entire legal profession, Mm -hmm. such as you dealt with in in other episodes of, of your podcast. So... That's what it is, I think, that makes people worry that somehow the media are creating the news um, by doing this or that they're being um, uh, manipulated, isn't quite the word, but influenced by the fact that this is an overseas campaign. So what started as something in Hollywood, effectively, um, is now you have you know people far, far away in the South Pacific now trying to find a kind of local branch and local examples of the same thing. So that's possibly what makes people uncomfortable. I'm so intrigued by this idea that people get queasy about truths being uncovered. I wonder what it means for us in our new, slightly more complicated era of fake news. I don't know, it's, it's a lot to think about for a trainee journalist. Next week is Exposure's Swan Song. We'll be looking at how journalism can affect society in the long term. Can what we report on and the way we report it affect our whole world? Exposure is written and produced by me, Sapir Mayron. Our music is by Ingrid Saker and our artwork is photography by Brittany Cosgrove. You can subscribe on Stitcher or Podcast Addict or follow Exposure Cast on Facebook or SoundCloud. See you next week.